for those tough wake-ups. Stats are misleading. It's Martian Mellow. Major foul. Wake up to serious sports talk. He fist his It's Marsh. The CFL, baby. And Mellow. I love Ken. It's Marsh and Mellow. This is football. For those tough wake-ups. They're heating up. It's Marsh and Mellow. Coming your way, Hamilton. Wake up to serious sports talk. Gas tank gonna be full. It's Marsh. In Canada. And Mellow. Why not, eh? It's Marsh and Mellow. Thank you, Canada. Everybody's doing it. I haven't heard any of those clips in so long that (laughs) they all just made me laugh. And specifically, it's funny, like the ones that you don't expect to make you laugh, like Stephen A screaming, gas tank gonna be full. Uh, I don't know why, that just made me happy because it's been so long since I've heard that or searched out any of those sounds. Kyle Mello, how are you, man? I am uh, doing well, long time no uh, see or talk. I know, it's weird. It's been a while. Man, we used to see each other every day, and now we don't. Well, that's, you know what is honestly, I think, weird about this, because we were kind of joking before we came on about how long it's been, is that we did the show together for however many years on radio, and then when the studio, or when the station got shut down, we started doing shows again the next week. Yeah. So the longest break that we have taken in, like, five years from talking to each other all the time is a week essentially and even during that week we were texting me like hey what do you want to do i don't know you want to put something together uh and so to go like three months of just like radio silence other than checking in the odd time here or there yeah it's it was funny kyle full disclosure kyle actually didn't plug in his his (laughs) his headphones correctly this morning we were sitting here for five ten minutes at six in the morning kyle going is there not is do i have to change the output or is it and, and when we finally figured it out i said to him no my uh, girlfriend figured it out okay yeah girlfriend so danielle figured it out and then i i said ah you know i i don't know what the other input is that you plugged into and he goes what do you think i am a radio guy i'm like yeah yeah we are very much not radio guys yeah. anymore we're just dudes talking on a podcast i'm very much removed from the uh <laughs> radio broadcasting career well this is interesting though i don't know like i don't want to out you on this but you were actually doing some work with 1050 uh that people probably didn't know about like in behind behind the scenes of producing and stuff which is kind of cool i had a couple of people reach out to me on twitter when i was uh, producing matt cause's show uh in toronto and they're like you you work at 1050 now i'm like it's just part-time i'm just covering holidays because it was the week between christmas and new year's that i was working and then i found a full-time gig and now i uh, am done with the radio stuff yeah that's okay there's no shame in that i uh there's part of me that envies stability and normalcy because uh it says in my twitter bio you know play-by-play voice the cfl on tsn <laughs> i'm fully expecting to do that at the same token i have absolutely no clue whether or not i'm doing that until they send me confirmation and a schedule it's not a normal job it's not one of those like i've been sitting here throughout the entire winter being like I hope they want me in the spring. Uh, and I have absolutely no idea because that's how broadcasting works. It is yeah. fin- it's finicky and strange and unpredictable and all, all the rest. So, uh, so yeah, good on you for uh, distancing yourself from the craziness, I would say. Yeah, but this podcast gives me uh, the, the sports talk outlet. There you go. That's uh, We aim to please a little bit of mental <laughs> mental health for Mello of being able to come on and talk about whatever. So uh, before we dive into everything, I wanted to, uh, as always, say thank you to our good friends at Fox 40. You can master your game plan with Fox 40 coaching boards. Choose from a range of clipboards and carry boards to help with your sideline needs. And we all have sideline needs. Visit fox40shop.com to shop coaching boards and more. Take 15% off 
of your order as well. Thanks to our friends at Fox 40 by using the promo code CFP15. Punch that in, save yourself some money. And uh, thank you to them as always for helping us out and being day one supporters as well. I tweeted out from our CFP Twitter the other day uh, that the the whole podcast ourselves, uh, myself and Derek Taylor on the breakdown on Wednesdays, uh, the A block on Mondays, Connor and Wade on, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we had the Daily Show now, which is airing on Saturdays, which is super fun with myself and Mike Daly. Like all of those things combined, we cracked 100,000 downloads, which, listen, if you talk to the guys from Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, that's not very many because they're doing crazy numbers out in Winnipeg. Yeah. But I like the fact that we've been able to reach some of these different plateaus and uh, and Fox 40 legitimized us right away. So um, I don't just read those sponsored things because I want, hey, we need you know some support and some sponsorship and partnership and all the rest. I, I do that because they were actually the ones that reached out to us when things went down at the radio station because they never even bought in on the radio station for sales. But they reached out to us and said, "Can we help?" And we didn't yeah. even ask, we didn't even ask. And I was like, uh, "Yeah, that would be amazing." So um, that's why I I bring them up all the time and why I'm constantly flooding your podcast with Fox Forty stuff because I truly am appreciative. Yeah, you know, Dave and Ron, they've always been great to us. Yeah. Um, and they've always realized the need for Canadian football league talk mm-hmm. or, or Canadian football talk, even when we talk U sports, um, on the radio. And when, you know, that went away, they were like, okay, we got to keep this going because we did see the community. It might not be massive. Yeah. Our community might not be massive, but it's important. And it's important to not only the, I would say the CFL is uniquely Canadian, and it's important to the fabric of the country, but also it's not just about the country. It's about the local communities too, here in Hamilton, mm-hmm. you know, out in Winnipeg. And you're seeing, you know, the, the numbers that Hustler and those guys are getting and how important and, and, you know, how great timing that they have. Obviously, nobody wants to lose their job, but Winnipeg winning, you know, back-to-back great cups. All of a sudden, everybody's like CFL crazy in Winnipeg because well, they're like, and, oh my and- goodness, we're watching history here. And yeah, you're totally right about that. But also the Jets being a semi tire fire with Paul Maurice and then Blake Blake Wheeler being like kind of a grumpy. I don't know if you've seen the interactions Jeff Hamilton has had in Winnipeg with Blake Wheeler, but like Wheeler's calling him out personally for articles and quotes. And then there's this quote from an interview he was doing with Sarah Orleski the other night where he's like criticizing his own fans during the intermission interview. I'm like, if, if you there's and there's one thing I learned from the Dan Levitard show. Okay, which is based in Miami and they always do Miami talk and they talk dolphins and they talk heat and they talk all of that stuff. I know more about Miami sports than I ever should just because I like the way that those guys do their program. Yeah. But I've learned from listening to them talk. Dan always says this about the dolphins. It doesn't matter if you are a Super Bowl champion or if you are uh, the worst team in the world, just don't be disinteresting. Like just don't be boring. Be it, be a team that somebody cares about even if the results aren't there. Yeah. And his argument on the Dolphins is for 20 years, basically since Marino left, the, <laughs> the Dolphins have been not good, not bad, and not interesting. And that's been the bane of their existence is once upon a time known as the greatest franchise in all of sports and undefeated and blah, blah, blah. And like the signal of excellence and the winningest this and that. And it's like, now they just, they don't win and nobody cares. And they're just almost non-existent down there in South Florida outside of their fan base. So it's like, and I know that there's a, there's, you know, some Dolphins fans that would, uh, I guess, protest that. But from somebody who's lived his whole life in Miami, I'm like, 
I think he's got a pretty good sense for the pulse of that that team in that market. And I could certainly see why being disinteresting would be a struggle. So when I see the Jets doing what they're doing, I'm like, the results don't really matter. You guys are interesting as hell. And for those guys out in Winnipeg, that is nice. <laughs> Conversations I've had with Jeff Hamilton in the past, too. I've never seen somebody that just lets it roll off his back so easily. Oh, he's um, smooth <laughs> operator. Because I was like, you know, if and again, this is before the Bombers won their great cups and at times were grumpy. And you would hear something in the media about, you know, somebody on the team said something about Jeff Hamilton. I'm just like, what'd you think when they like dropped that? And Jeff's like, what you get to do? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was at the great cup. He was at the great yeah. cup and he was sitting in, in, Press row with Darren Bombing, of course, Bonfire Sports, which I should mention him as well as a great startup that came from TSN 1290 in Winnipeg. Yep. And uh, and Jeff Jeff just speaks so honestly. At Jeff K. Hamilton, if you want to follow him on Twitter, he's a great follow for more than just Winnipeg stuff, for CFL stuff, for Canadian sports stuff. And I honestly think he's one of the best people in the country doing what he does. Like his line of work, it's like, I think Danny Austin and him, man, the CFL is lucky to have those guys covering our league because... Uh, they are they're uniquely talented and they have a great skill set but also it's just their demeanor like Danny will go into any interview and ask really difficult questions and he's like that's that's because that's my job Jeff will go in like a bulldog and then he'll be talking about it with Darren afterwards like he was in the press box at the great cup practice and they're just like saying things I'm like man you guys are really confident I'm like I I don't have that kind of confidence and I'm on national television I'm like geez I wish I had that yeah um it takes a certain type of, you know, person to not care um, about the the backlash you're going to get from the person that you're asking the yeah. question to. Um, but but to your point, guys like Danny and Jeff, they're important because they keep people honest. And whether or not they're honest, um, at least it gives the perception of honesty yes. um, on, you know, the team's part, the player's part, um, or the coach's part, whoever they're asking the question to. So, yeah, I think those guys are important to the CFL. Uh, we are going to keep this episode relatively short because it is our first back. Uh, and because selfishly, I want to go get a workout in. And uh, we're doing this early in the morning. And Melo has a, a life that he needs to go and get to his job and all of the rest. So, uh, And you I, can't do anything when you have a nine to five job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can relate to that because so here's the thing. Uh, this, and, then, and I probably should have addressed this during the offseason and whatnot. But I decided not to work during the winter months, like actively made the decision. Why is because I was working so many jobs throughout the season last year, many of which were freelance and I had to invoice people and those invoices came in late. And when the invoice money finally started coming in for me, and this is probably like too much information, but when the invoice money started coming in for me, I looked at my finances and I was like, I don't think I have to work for a couple of months here. And so I have been just basically like, reading and listening to podcasts going for long walks studying the game of football like I've been doing a lot of a lot of stuff that is basically just like withdrawn from the normal world and this week getting back into doing podcasts is the first hint of real work that I have done in forever it's not (laughs) it's not even a it's not a 12 to 5 it's not a 9 to 5 it's not a five days a week it's not and man my stamina for doing what would be deemed by many as play, but I consider to be work because I care about it and I want to do it thoroughly and, and, and uh, give you something worth listening to. I did like three podcasts in the last couple of days and I'm like, 
man, I'm working is hard. Working is hard. <laughs> and I realized just how soft I am when it comes to it. So again, I have great respect for everybody that listens to us and does all of the real nine to five stuff because uh, Marlena always says to me, she's like, you just, you just don't want to, like when I told her I didn't want to work, you just don't want to work like a, a real job. And I was like, correct. Yes. That's, yeah. that's what I, I don't want to try to do. I want to try to find workarounds on all of this and try to find, you know, partners and all the rest for our product. Cause I think it's good enough that we shouldn't be able to, uh, or we shouldn't have to do all of those kind of things. But anyways, I, um, the off season, uh, is and we're going to get into my 10 off season thoughts here in just a second that I'm going to bounce off mellow. And the reason I say that we're going to shorten it up a little bit is that, uh, I, I could ramble on about a couple of these different things for entire episodes and uh, and i don't want that to be what this show is just short and snappy so i'm going to give you 10 off-season thoughts here i have to make sure that we uh, all of our production value is firmly in place though kyle okay so ah it's been a while there it is it's back it's back the game show reveal we used to do our top 100 movie list we used to do our top 100 colors which by the way we will get to uh before the end of this calendar year, we'll finish the top 100 colors here on Marshmallow. Big news. I know everyone's very, <laughs> very excited. If you haven't been around and listened to Marshmallow in a long time, but uh, here are 10 off season thoughts for me. And I'm going to limit this to about two minutes per. Uh, so I'll do one minute. And if Kyle's got any rebuttal, we'll try to keep that to around one minute as well, just to get things going. Number 10 receiver money. I don't have the exact figures in front of me, <laughs> but uh, but I know that Duke Williams and Kenny Lawler set the receiver market on fire. I believe Brian Burnham got somewhere like $185,000. And then Kenny Lawler got offers from BC and then Edmonton matched it and paid him $300,000. And money in the CFL doesn't always mean what it is reported to be on the front end because you could just cut a player. And then it's like, well, there's no guarantees and you don't. Yeah. But when I saw that money getting thrown around for receivers, it just theoretically, as somebody who studies offensive football in the CFL, it really made me wonder on all of these you know, long dog walks throughout the winter months as I'm wandering through blizzards in Hamilton, what is the value of a receiver? Like what is really truly the value of a receiver? How much are you willing to spend of your salary cap on a receiver? And how much better can a single receiver make your team rather than spreading that money across your offensive line? or on spending that money on two or three decent caliber receivers that are all a great threat instead of having one singular guy that you're going to. Kenny Lawler was amazing in 2021. Don't get me wrong. I think he's fantastic. I think everybody should get paid as much money as they possibly can. But there is no way in my mind that Kenny Lawler is worth whatever it is, $120,000 a year in a single year more than uh, like Brian Burton. Right? Yeah. And that's, that's where it became interesting to me because I'm like, man, Lucky Whitehead was the highest paid receiver in the CFL for like five minutes. And then all these other guys started signing and the market went crazy. And, and even Reggie Beckleton signed early and he was a really good value for Calgary too. So the teams like BC and Calgary that signed smart deals and got the deals done early, I think they saved themselves against the Saskatchewan's and Edmonton's of the world when it comes to spreading their money, money around in different ways. You know, it's interesting because in the, in the NFL, it's a dime a dozen for a running back. In the CFL, I don't want to say it's a dime a dozen for a receiver, but you better have more than one receiver that's yeah. putting up production because if that receiver goes down during the season and all of a sudden guys aren't separating on the outside, you're going to have a hard time, you know, completing passes consistently. Um, but this big money going to receivers, I'll just say 
the rest of your offense better insulate that star receiver very well. Your offensive line better protect so that receiver can get open. And, you know, I think Kenny Lawler is a, a good receiver. Duke Williams, I think, is a little bit better. I think Brian Burnham is a little bit better than even maybe both of them. Um, but again, maybe that's my own fault because we haven't seen really Duke Williams at his peak level in such a long time because obviously he went to the NFL, played for the Bills, returned last year, um, but we only really saw him, I would say, get into like third gear. We never really saw the the top of Duke Williams, uh, but we'll see it in 2022. Yeah, he was the height of his powers in that uh, Western final in Winnipeg where he takes that short little sideline road and then all of a sudden is running 65 yards through the snow for a touchdown. But other than that, yeah, it was a lot of like feeling it out, getting used to the offense. And obviously, Fajardo struggled with the deep ball, which hurt Duke. So yeah. Uh, if I were Jason Moss, I would just be locking Fajardo and Duke Williams in the same room as each other for a month <laughs> going into the season and just saying, figure each other out. Cause yeah. it's kind of dependent upon how well we play, I think in the, in the grand scheme of things. So receiver money, uh, certainly something I've been thinking about throughout the off season at number nine reading. Do you like to read Kyle? Uh, not really. No. So people don't like to read. I have spent an eternity avoiding reading. And this is not like holier than thou. Hey, I'm a better reader than you are uh, to anybody who's listening to this. I just wanted to bring this one up because I understand reading is time consuming. People have lives like we're talking about <laughs> nine, nine to five and running the kids around and all the rest. Uh, but you know what I did? And this is a little bit counterintuitive for somebody whose career depends on people paying for you know subscriptions to streaming services and cable and all the rest. I don't have any streaming services. I don't have cable. I, all I have is internet. And it's to the point where I've become an old man, where sometimes when I get interested in things that are happening in other leagues, I just google.com NBA standings or NBA scores. (laughs) And I I just want to look up and be like, I wonder how this team or that team or whatever is doing. Um, But I, this off season, I went basically back to the stone ages where I unplugged and it becomes really easy to enjoy reading. When there's nothing else to do. Uh, so, you know, when, when little man goes down, when Noah goes down and I want to be able to dig into a book, uh, man, it was really freeing. And it, it's funny to me because, again, these are just off-season thoughts that I've had. The thought of being able to pull back on all of the, the social media culture and the streaming and I got to pay for Disney plus and ESPN plus and Netflix and crave and it's just like endless, endless, endless. And it's like, it's always the new thing. And it's always, you got to be on and you got to devote as much time as you can. And it becomes stressful to be able to know like what show, where is it? And how much can I watch of it? Like you loved Yellowstone. So you've, and you've experienced like binge watching other shows. It becomes this thing where the whole point of your day is to get to, Oh, I hope I have enough time to watch the two episodes of blank. (laughs) Right. And I've, I was in that mentality for a long time too. And I didn't really like the feeling of it. So I pulled back a little bit and man, it was freeing. And I've, I have not finished. I'm proud to say this, although it is scary. And I think a lot of people will relate listening to this. I did not read a real book, like a 200, 300 page book. I did not read one start to finish probably 15 years like <laughs> completely honestly and and now i'm I'm, including, I'm probably at that number too yeah but that i think that's normal like that's and that's what i'm saying is we have normalized the idea of books are just things that you dabble into or they were textbooks when you were in school or maybe you know your kids for pleasure reading or whatever and i got into it this uh, this off season and 
I've really enjoyed it. And so anyways, I didn't finish one for probably 15 years. I finished like four or five books in the first two and a half months of this year, uh, you know, all 200, 300 pages on a variety of different interesting things. So uh, reading, it's good. That's off season thought number nine, uh, in case anybody was interested. If you were to read a book, Kyle, what would you dive into? Would it be like a biography on a favorite athlete? Would it be nonfiction? What would you look at? Oh, it'd probably be like a book from like somebody that was in combat. Oh, um, wow. And like the mentality that goes into that. I don't Man, know. Read, like- Nate, read Nate Boyer's book. He's, uh, he's got an awesome biography that I actually saw at the Indigo, I think, in Ancaster. Uh, that's it speaks about a lot about football but it speaks a lot about his training with uh was he marines or seals or i think he was marines but um former university of texas longhorns free safety played for the new england patriots for a little while Uh, that's a cool book i haven't read it but it it, i would totally be down to read that so i'm with you yeah something like that um just to again those guys are fascinating people um mentally strong but sometimes broken as well yeah yeah i would agree with that uh do you want me to start the marshmallow book club and then uh we can each have to read a book once a month oh you can join uh jake tapper from uh, cnn because <laughs> cnn thinks oh uh we're going to uh boost our ratings by uh, starting cnn plus online and what everybody wants is a jake tapper book club really <laughs> Yeah, that's a show. Don Lemon has like a cooking show now, or it's it's ridiculous. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, I'm just <laughs> looking for the uh, Andrew Luck book club. Uh, I believe w- was a thing that he did once upon a time. I've got a bunch of great Andrew Luck quotes. Skin like an armadillo, as an old coach. Skin like an armadillo, as an old coach used to say. Um, man, I've it's amazing. The clips that I have in my my library here of sound are essentially Andrew Luck crying during his retirement ceremony. So emotions crept up and just sort of hit me. Uh, or Andrew Luck talking about uh, his book club. Hey, everybody. Happy June. This is Andrew Luck with the Andrew Luck Book Club. And I have my copy of A Girl Named Zippy by Haven Kimmel. I'm really, really excited. Get to read about Indiana. Rookie selection, month of June, getting into summer. Hank the Cowdog, an absolute classic. I cannot wait to get in the book again. The original adventures of Hank the Cowdog. Yeah, I love him. I miss him so much. He was I know. He was on the national championship broadcast with RG3. And RG3 is like trying to be suave, like uh, standing there and breaking down the game and all the rest. Andrew Luck looked like a supply teacher that had just wandered out from recess. And, and, and they were just like, how are things? And he's like, oh, full-time daddy duty. He's just, oh, oh, abs- abs- absolute blessing. It's been an absolute blessing. Andrew Luck is like, he's so cool, but he's also the biggest loser ever. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So anyways, I love. Anyways, reading, it's good. Uh, all right, at number, uh, at number eight, uh, the Edmonton Elks. Just everything, just just like the the logo, the Victor coming in that's running all things in Edmonton now is the the Prez, uh, G. Roy Simon being added to the front office. What's going to happen with Nick Arbuckle signing a Darius Bowman, uh, then a Darius Bowman retiring, Manny Arsenault being in the fold, Deron Carter getting signed. I'm hearing rumors that Chris Jones wants to play Deron Carter at free safety. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> so it's just like. <laughs> It's going to be so much fun because wherever Chris Jones goes, I don't even want to call it chaos anymore. It's 
just interesting things happen wherever he, wherever he goes, wherever he is. Uh, and side note, I, I stood around Chris Jones at the Ontario Regional Combine in Waterloo a week ago uh, today as we're recording this on Thursday. And uh, man, that guy loves scouting. Like, I know that you know he loves football, but yeah, my, my God, does he ever love scouting players. It was amazing to watch. He was... He was standing uh, watching Adrian Green, who's a a talented defensive back from St. Mary's who advanced to the National Combine. And he's got like pretty significantly long arms. And as he's walking down the field, he just (laughs) walks past G-Roy Sam. He's like, boy, that kid got some length, don't he? And he's just like wandered past us. I was like, like, he just loves dropping one-liners of observations that he's had. And he expected expected G-Roy to know every kid's 40-yard dash, even though it had happened like, half an hour earlier he walked past and he's like hey uh 46 over there what was he four six four seven four six five something like that yeah okay all right and he would just like <laughs> wander away again i'm like he is a machine when he's at a combine but edmonton is just interesting and fun yeah um but it's been a while since edmonton has been edmonton yeah right where ricky ray you know when he was uh on that team or sorry mike riley i said ricky ray i was going way back <laughs> when mike riley was uh you know the quarterback in edmonton it was like oh that team's going to be a contender every single year and you know ever since he went to bc it's been like and even the last few years when he was in edmonton it's been a struggle mm-hmm. um so for chris jones he's you know stepping into the fray and he's like okay we're changing this day one so uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next up for you here, number seven of my off-season thoughts. Uh, I try not to be political, but I have a political science degree, so I'm just going to s- sprinkle this one in the middle and hope that nobody gets angry at me. Canadian flag misrepresentation. <laughs> uh, this is something that has jumped out to me because, again, I listened to the Levitard show, and he talks a lot about how when people angrily tweet you about whether it be vaccines, mass mandates, anything that's happening around COVID-19 to try and take care of people. Uh, if they have an American flag as their display picture, that used to mean they love their country. Now it kind of means something different a lot of the time when you get people angrily tweeting you about restrictions and different things. And trust me, I'm all for people being able to have their choice and move forward. But that bullshit that happened in Ottawa uh, with people, yeah, I get it. You're trying to spread your message and have your freedoms, and that's great. But there's a, a separation here of have your freedoms, have your say, speak about the things that you want versus wave the Canadian flag for something that the 95% of Canadians don't really believe that matters for you to go and park your trucks and honk. And for me, it, it kind of hurt my heart a little bit because I love the Canadian flag. And, and when I associate the Canadian flag, it's multiculturalism it's immigration it's the variety of languages being spoken in different places it's the massive canadian flag at center field at tim hortons field as the national anthem is playing it's the fly over at the gray cup it's the patch on the on cfl jerseys that has the canadian flag that gets worn brightly it's peacekeepers going in with un uh, to a variety of places and trying to bring a better situation to the world and now when i see a massive truck go past me with 17 canadian flags on it i'm like okay can you not yeah covertly take over the flag and use it as your symbol for your thing i'm like you guys got lots of other flags you could use that you could fly for a variety of different opinions that you have on things the canadian flag doesn't stand for what is being represented there and so i just for me that's something that's bothered me this winter as somebody who loves what the flag stands for anytime you're talking about flags and association and socialization of what things mean to you and all the rest it's tricky because it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people 
but the idea that somebody decided we're going to take this image and use it and attach it to every time somebody goes past me now with a with a Canadian flag on their car or their truck, I used to think, oh, that person just loves Canada. They love living here. Now somebody goes ripping past me and I go, do they have that on there because they love Canada or because yeah. they, they stand for some of these sketchy things that were happening in Ottawa? Yeah. If they have one Canadian flag, it's like, okay, I'm fine with that. You know, one Canadian flag on each of the side of the car. Oh, okay. I'm okay with that. Um, but when you have like four or five, I, I get what you're saying, but even that I'm fine with the thing that pisses me off is when I see somebody that has the Canada flag and then they have like all these signs also on their car oh, and yeah. then they have one Canadian flag upside down. I'm like what the hell are you doing yeah, that for everything too. that you stand for? You just negated it by doing that. It's, it's like, like, get out of here. It's like when the university of North Carolina fans beat the U and they started turning the U upside down or when uh, people, beat, <laughs> people beat the Texas Longhorns and they would go horns down at Oklahoma. And it was like, you, you don't do that. You do not, you do not flip that thing upside down, but it's um, pretty funny though. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but that that's definitely one that jumped out to me this year where I'm like, man, I, I wish that there was almost a, not that there's any rules to this stuff, but as a general rule, I'd like to put out there, don't take the Canadian flag and attach it to your social cause, whatever that might be, whether I agree with your cause or whether I don't agree, I don't care. Leave the Canadian flag alone. The Canadian flag is beautiful. It stands for a lot of wonderful things. We don't need to attach it to all of these different little things. So anyway, yeah. I want to throw that one in there for you. Uh, at number, I think this is number six, uh, bringing it back to the lighter side, daylight savings time. I've never really understood daylight savings time um, because I've never really truly thought about it. But as somebody who wakes up early to work out a lot of the time, I have now come to realize daylight savings time doesn't save any daylight for the people who wake up super early like me it just pushes the daylight later into the day so, yeah but that's important like you're 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 a father one one time you know there's there noah eventually is gonna get to the point where he walks home from school right that's true if he stays at school for any amount of time in the winter He's going to be walking home in the dark. You don't want that. <laughs> that's what I've always thought about. I know it's for the farmers and stuff like that. And that's important too. Um, but I'm like, yeah, I don't want kids, a bunch of kids walking home in the dark at 430 in the afternoon. <laughs> that's It's a great point. I also think that um, people that make the long commute in and out of Toronto in the part of the country that we live in, like doing that in the dark sucks. Yeah. Like consistently doing that in the dark. And if that's happening for you in December, you know january at 5 p.m where it's pitch black like i know it gets there a lot of the time anyways but damn um but yeah it was kind of funny to me because i was really enjoying waking up at you know six o'clock to go for a 6 30 workout or go to a hot yoga class or whatnot and as the sun was coming up earlier and earlier it gets easier and easier your body just naturally reacts springs out of bed like okay yeah this feels good i've got energy the sun's coming up and then all of a sudden daylight savings hit and i went outside the next day for my morning workout i was like Hey, <laughs> what'd you guys do? Why we have to do that? So uh, daylight savings time, an off-season thought that has been on my mind. Next up for you here, uh, what do we got? Oh, Kyle, I know you'll enjoy this one. The USFL. <laughs> uh, Paxton Lynch, Shea Patterson, the quarterbacks that were around that could barely make a CFL roster. Hey, power to you, USFL, uh, for whatever you end up doing. But this has been funny and interesting, and maybe we'll go deeper into this in a future episode but i just wanted to mention it because uh there is a legal battle going on right now for who actually owns the name to the usfl 
And all that I have been thinking this offseason about USFL stuff is it's just the spring league with a better marketing department. Exactly. And maybe a better name. Yeah. And I well, hundred percent, a better name, better jerseys, better branding, better. And all of that stuff matters. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but when I saw, I believe they said they're going to play all of their games or at least like the early season or something like that in Birmingham. I was like, Oh, you mean like the spring league would play all their games in one place? Like, cause there's, <laughs> cause there's still the spring league. I'm pretty sure. So, um, and I saw the names of the coaches as well that came out and it, I mean, honestly, I'm telling you the traveling circuit of coaches that just go from XFL to AAF to USFL to spring league to just journeymen that pop up wherever a team needs a coach. They're, they're not actually looking to establish connection with the team. They're not looking to build a culture. They're they're looking to build their bank account for three months and then move on to the next opportunity. And so many of the coaches from this USFL thing, I'm like, yeah, they, they fit that billing. I don't know how many rich guys it's going to take to realize that this doesn't work. Like the USFL is going to fail too. Like, unless the guys are, I say it every time, every time one of these leagues pops up, XFL 2.0, USFL, AAFF or AAF. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, uh, it all ends the same. It doesn't work. And it's not, oh, we can't compete with the NFL. It's after the Super Bowl, until the first week of college football, America turns off their mind from football. And until we realize, unless it's the NFL draft, then the NFL draft people bounce back in. But that's only because it's the beast of the NFL. So, like, I don't understand why these guys keep starting up these leagues and watching them all fail. You're just burning through money. Uh, I, again, same thing as I'm talking about with receiver money power to you. If, if you can get it off the ground and you can make yeah. it work. Like, I don't want people to think this is CFL guys saying nothing will ever work. I hate everything that's in the United States. Don't steal our players. Don't this. I couldn't care less if Paxton Lynch wants to go play in the USFL. He was never going to play in the CFL. Like, congrats, dude, you're super tall. You have long arms and you have a bomb. Uh, you know, you can throw it really deep. Taylor Cornelius was essentially the same idea as a quarterback came up was God awful this past year. So <laughs> When, when I see this USFL stuff, it's not slander on players or opportunity or people making money or I want everyone to, to get their keep. I just laugh when everybody's like, USFL, wow, shiny, new, different. I'm like, it's, it's essentially the spring league with a better name and a broadcast deal. I'm like, how long that lasts? Your guess is as good as mine. So we'll yeah. find out. I actually have more belief in the XFL than I do anything else right now, just because I think The Rock and Danny Garcia are not going to screw around. I think they're actually going to put real effort into doing this and whether that lasts i mean if it can't last with the rock how the hell could it ever last like with that guy's support and backing and all the rest but uh number four for you here on offseason thoughts uh ottawa red blacks rebuild slash behind the r have you seen the behind the r show kyle that they've been doing um i have seen their yeah. social media clips of it impressive yeah um I think there's a lot of people that are like, oh, the, the Ottawa Red Blacks, uh, they steal the social media team from the Toronto Argonauts. And I'm like, Toronto Argonauts? I'm like, the Ticats? There's a lot of good teams that put yeah. out good content. Um, I'm just glad that there's another one and it's drawing more people in. Um, so that's important. But I'm more focused on the football side of things <laughs> in Ottawa. Uh, 
Sean Burke didn't waste any time. Let's just say that. Yes, uh, he was <laughs> he was on his game when it came to rebuilding that thing. I can't wait to watch them. I can't wait to call their games this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. But um, I did laugh when I saw so Danny Austin in Calgary with Randy's road trip. Talked to Randy and Brosie, and he said we're looking at doing an F1 style show. I've talked to Mark Gowdy from OSEG in in Ottawa, and he <laughs> has been very upfront saying we did this because nobody else would. And we've been saying we want to do something like this. And we've asked different partners and all the rest. And nobody was on board at a level that we thought was right. So we said, you know what, we'll just do it ourselves. And that's great leadership from Mark and from the people at OSEG, because now they've done it. And the reception to it around the CFL, not just from Red Blacks fans, has been amazing, as it should be, because there's a lot of work that goes into creating that. And so then you see the fruits of the labor and once you do it yourself and you're willing to put your neck out there and say, you know what, we're going to grant access. We're going to do this our own way. And you see the benefits of it. Now, all of a sudden, Ambrosi's on the road trip and he's saying, oh, you know what? We, we're actually interested in doing something like that. <laughs> and, right. And so I, I do think that it's easy to do it once you see the, the, the uh, interaction that it generates. It's daring to do what Ottawa did. And so I celebrate them for that. I think it's an incredible job that they've been able to do, um, piecing that together. Uh, again, this could be another whole episode, but we'll just throw this one in. Uh, at number three of my offseason thoughts, Tom Brady. <laughs> Is anybody surprised? Uh, I don't You know what? I don't even want to talk about this one. I just want to leave that there. I just want to say, <laughs> Tom, because I, you know how I am with Tom Brady. Anybody yeah. who missed the radio knows that I could do seven hours talking about this decision and his offseason and his choice and the family stuff and the Tampa Bay and going back and his brand and why did he retire in the first place and the report that came from Schefter. And I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to leave it there for you. I've been thinking a lot about Tom yeah. Brady. Here's the thing. Like, Tom Brady used to matter to me as a Bills fan when he was in the AFCs. The moment he left, I'm like, okay, he, he won a Super Bowl. Congratulations. He retired. Now he's back. I don't care that he's back. He's not in the Bills division anymore. <laughs> it's, it is funny for me. My one takeaway, though, is that when he retired, I called my mom. And I had to like talk it out with her and be like, mom, a part of my childhood is dead. He started playing when I was 10. He just retired. And then when he came back, I was actually at the Heritage Classic at Tim Hortons Field between the Leafs and the Sabres. And he came back and there was this unexpected feeling that washed over me of, wow, I feel like, a, like happy again. Like it, I didn't know what to do with my Sundays because my whole life Sundays has been Tom Brady. And it was like, wow, I actually don't have to ever watch football without Tom Brady. This is, ama <laughs> this is amazing. So I was pretty happy about that. Uh, at number two. And again, this is not really political. This is more of just a celebration of, of uh, something I've noticed. Ukrainian people are badasses. They hold leap. Like, you have I, like top notch athletes, like athletes. I'm not talking about the Klitschko brothers, right? Because yeah. Vitaly's the mayor of Kiev and uh, or Kiev, as I've come to. I was like, it was Kiev all my life. Oh, yeah, same. It's been Kiev my whole life, too. But I'm also yeah. learning to say more Ukrainian city names than I ever thought I would. So, yeah. And it's like uh, Vasil Lomachenko, uh, who is a beast boxer, gold medalist in the Olympics. He's out there with a gun fighting in the streets of Ukraine. I'm like, this is insane. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, I don't want to make light of it because it's atrocious what's happening yeah. there. And it's and and I know everybody who's listening to this understands that uh, what's happening in Ukraine is literally a war crime. It's disgusting what is happening over there. But instead of me getting heavy and just having this take be Putin's a bad person. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to just bring up the strength and the power of the, the Ukrainian people. And AJ Jakubek, who's the voice of the Red Blacks on TSN 1200 in Ottawa, he's been posting a ton about this stuff. And 
So I've seen, and I actually want to get AJ on to talk just about this um, because man, they're strong. They are mentally strong. They are, they are defending their home in a way that is so guttural and instinctual. And I don't, I don't even know many people of Ukrainian background and I'm just proud of them. I honestly, from watching from the other side of the planet, I'm watching them and uh, there's a lot of inspiring aspects to the way that those people are defending themselves against just a terrible, terrible person. So I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to just celebrate that because I thought a lot about it throughout this year and, and being a dad and, and of a young child and watching those families, those refugees, those people that are hiding in their apartment buildings from bombs and fighter jets and things. It's, it's disgusting, but God, the strength that they have is amazing. Yeah. And I just want to say like one thing, obviously Vladimir Putin is a monster, um, but the, easiness of us here in Canada and the United States to like throw away people who just happen to be Russian, even oh, if yeah. they disagree with Vladimir Putin. There's like a 20 year old prodigy piano player mm-hmm. uh, or p- pianist <laughs> um, from made, made you nervous, didn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, that was playing for like the grand orchestra or grand, grand uh, symphony in Montreal, just because he's Russian, even though he spoke out against the war, he got taken off the show because he's Russian. I'm like, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Well, that was, I listened to David Sampson, who used to be the, uh, basically the head of the Miami Marlins, the Florida Marlins. And he was talking about uh, what's happened with, what's the uh, Roman Abramovich um, in Chelsea. Yeah. And that's a little bit different because that guy has profited off yes. of Vladimir Putin and everything. But it's like the idea of shutting down Chelsea FC's pro shop how is that going to stop I know. Russia from, it's I'm with you. There's a lot of these like misnomers or misconnections where yeah. it's like, Hey, we'll just do this. And the other thing that kind of makes me uncomfortable a little bit is the pandering of, uh, you know, it's the old joke that we used to make on the radio show where people would, if you ever walk into a room, any room on the planet, it could be a prison. It could be uh, you know, a church. It doesn't matter if there's enough people in a room and you walk in, you say, pay the teachers, save the whales. If you say those two things, people will be like, yes, 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 yes. Because everybody approves of that, right? That That is universal messaging. Save the whales, pay the teachers. Yeah. it's There's some of that happening right now on social media and otherwise where it's like, I stand with Ukraine. And it's like, okay, how are you actually standing with Ukraine? Like people that have the ability to monetarily influence otherwise. Yeah. I saw Leonardo DiCaprio put out like $10 million of his own money towards Ukrainian first aid and food and shelter and all these things. I'm like, that dude like when that dude says i stand with ukraine he's actually putting his money where his mouth is like that's pretty inspiring there's a lot of people being like i stand with the people of ukraine who have the ability to help and they're not and the flag waving for people that aren't really trying to help and are just trying to be on the right side of history hey i'm with you like that there's not much else you can do sometimes but if you can do more you probably should and uh so that's jumped out to me a lot as well as being conscious of uh, and, you know, I don't want to call out the NHL for this, but even at the uh, at the Heritage Classic, they had a Barry Colts player come out and take off his Barry Colts jersey to be plays right. on the Ukrainian national right team, plays on the yeah. Ukrainian national team, which is like that's a cool idea, and it got this great emotional response. But it was also like, I don't know, like do do we need to? I don't know. That that's a diverse topic. That's a that's a tough one for a yeah. short period of time that we have. But uh, but yeah, it's definitely been on my my mind. But how do we how do we support through sport without feeling like it's pandering? I think is where my thought is. And maybe we'll pick that one up um, down the road. And my last thought of the off season here, are we going to get a full season?
in the CFL. And the reason is there that a I, doubt? Well, the reason I say that is that there's uh, I've been hurt before, Kyle. Um, 2019, 2020. I'm just wondering, is it going to be as smooth as we all think it's going to be, or are we all going to take our masks off and are we all going to do this and that and the other thing? And then all sit in the stands together, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that was a bad idea. We shouldn't have done. <laughs> um, um, and again, I don't have answers on that. I just, this is something, these are just things that have been running through my head throughout the off season. That's definitely one that's been running through my head is like, man, is this all going to be smooth sailing? Cause I hope so. I really hope so. And I also, I genuinely think so, but there is this little thing in the back of my head. That's like, what if we don't, what if something goes wrong here? Because we've been planning a lot on things going smoothly at various points. And then there's been a lot of times in the last couple of years where things haven't gone the way we've planned. So I'm, I'm just aware of that. I'm a little hesitant. That's all. You know, it's funny because like Canada's in like stage seven of their like reopening. I shouldn't say Canada as a whole, maybe Ontario. Right. We're on like stage seven and the mask mandate will you know soon come to an end. Um, but in the United States, it's kind of been open for they're in stage 10 and they've been in stage 10 for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's use them as a testing ground. Um, I again, I'm not following COVID numbers every single day. Yeah but I, th- I think we're going to be okay. I yes. think we're, I think we're kind of past this. Um, so let's again, be diligent in our approach, but also let's hope yes. uh, for the CFL sake, because we can't go through that again. Um, even losing any games. I want to see a full season. That's what I want to see. Because when I looked up stuff for this podcast and like CFL stats and where did players go in the off season? And I was like, Oh, that guy only had two sacks in the uh, last year. Oh, he only played nine games. I'm like stupid <laughs> shortened season. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that was the same thing too. Is like the the prorated numbers for so many athletes yeah. last year. Makes no it was sense. Like, it was like you know William Stanback would have had like the all time rushing record if we would have played a full season. Like, would he have? I, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't really know if I want to do the prorated stuff to give people uh, credit yeah. for their for their accomplishments. But anyways. Those are my 10 random off-season thoughts, everybody. It's great to be back with Kyle Mello. Uh, Give him a follow on social media. Where are you at these days, Kyle? Um, At Kyle underscore Mello underscore. I got to change that. Nah, it's it's okay. It's okay. It's good stuff right there. Lots of Leafs tweets if you want them as they head towards uh, an inevitable (laughs) playoff run. And Michigan State. We play Davidson on uh, on Friday. Uh, I I don't know how it's going to go. Michigan State, so Jekyll and Hyde this year. The ghosts of Steph Curry haunting the Spartans. Uh, we'll see. Steph Curry got injured last night. Did he? Yeah, he uh, he has a he has a leg issue. Marcus Smart dove right into his leg, and Steve Kerr was not happy with Marcus Smart. Typical, Let's just say that. Typical Oklahoma State guy, always diving into people's legs. Exactly. Uh, all right, it is the show for us. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Thank you for being with us on our first full week back here on CFP. Tell a friend, let everybody know that we are back and uh, what we are all about at CF Perspective is where you can find us on social media. Reminder again, check out Fox 40 gear products to make your combine run smoothly. Shop whistles, stopwatches, ball pumps, and more at fox40shop.com and use that promo code CFP15 at checkout to get yourself all set for the football season, whenever that is for you, spring, summer, fall, otherwise get on it. Use the promo code CFP15. We will talk to you next week right here on Marsh and Mellow. For now, have yourselves a great weekend.